It's the Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. It began as a holiday. Eager to escape a bright future on the Great Plains, Arthur Howitzer Jr. transformed the series of travelogue columns into the French Dispatch, a factual weekly report on the subjects of world politics, the arts, high and low, and diverse stories of human interest. You don't think it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. For decent people. It's supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time. Berenson, Sazerac, Kremitz, Roebuck Wright. These were his people. Just try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose. We take as the subject of tonight's lecture, Mr. Moses Rosenthal. Certainly the loudest artistic voice of his rowdy generation. Simone Naked Cell Block J Hobby Room. I want to buy it. It's not for sale. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes. In short, the picture was a sensation. The kids did this. Obliterated a thousand years of Republican authority in less than a fortnight. What do they want? Freedom. Full stop. I'm naked, Mrs. Kremens. I can see that. Lieutenant Nescafier is the great exemplar of the mode of cuisine known as police cooking. The aromas of the kitchen cast a spell, which was to be mortally broken. As you know by now, we have kidnapped your son. Message from the foreman. One hour to press. You're fired. Really? Don't cry in my office. So, so Gabe, you didn't like the French Dispatch. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Is that the Woody Allen movie? No, oh, fuck no, you. no, no, no. So, so Gabe texts me and Ben, and he's like, uh, I'm watching the worst movie I've ever seen. It's got French in the title, and there's a bunch of stars in it, and uh, this is worse than Get Shorty. It was. It was horrible. Nothing happened in the movie. What there are was, you talking there was about? A million, there was a million words in the movie, and none of were connected yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Of course they did. No, Maybe you're just no not connection. smart enough to connect them. No, I have little patience. I have a short fuse when it comes to movies like this. I got a short fuse when it comes to you talking about movies like this. Listen, I'll tell you what. This this is better than that Netflix bullshit true story that you recommended to me. I didn't no. say anything about it, by the way. All right? I let it go. But you're coming on here, coming in hot, talking shit about the French Dispatch. No. I didn't come in hot. It's I texted not, it's you not on the side. I didn't make it public. You're making it public now. You texted it to me and Ben. It wasn't on the side. It was like. That's the side. You came out swinging. That was pre-show way the day before. Anyway, that movie, I couldn't take it. I had to fall asleep quickly, and I, and I did. <laughs> I had to fall asleep. <laughs> what, what are you, a possum? 
The, the, the only, the, your only defense against movies that you don't like is to fall asleep? Yes, that is. That's what I do. But I do it without thinking about it. It just happens. Gabe, have you ever seen any other Wes Anderson movies? He's seen Rushmore. I, he I saw Rushmore, but I forgot about it. But this one was a bit garbage. Do you ever like look at a movie, Gabe, and think, I don't like this. Maybe the problem is me. You always blame the movie. No, that's like saying if you eat something and it tastes bad, it's your fault. If you didn't cook it. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, it's not your fault. Yeah, that's you what I'm it. saying. You hate it. You, you're like that fucking uh, hillbilly rancher on Queer Eye who said he never ate vegetables because uh, they didn't taste good. <laughs> vegetables taste just fine if you start to eat them other than them. And st- I, don't know. I, I can't do this with you anymore. Yes, ben, you, you take over. Okay, it's more like... Uh, like, you know, like you can probably, well, I don't even know, but there's stuff that you know that you have more familiarity with than other people. Like, let's say tamales. Oh, so yeah, you discover sort of a rich, complicated mole sauce for your tamale or ranchera sauce, whatever. But somebody who um, has never had a tamale before in their life and has only ever had Taco Bell or Chipotle, God forbid. Um, and they taste this sort of... Ben, Ben, I got to interrupt you. He's not even listening to you. You're coming up with this nice <laughs> thing. He told really... me to take over. I took and, over. And he's not even listening. He's sitting over... This thing is just going over his head. Right. I watched another movie called Cafe Society. Woody Allen. That's, that that's the Woody Allen movie. That's the Woody Allen movie. It's got... Uh, Did you like that one? It was okay. I mean, uh, you liked it name? better than the French Dispatch. Yes. What was this guy's name? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh. Yes. And Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Steve Carell. Blake okay. Lively. You're Parker just gonna, Posey. You just going to read the cast list to us? Yes. This, that's how. This, you, this is good you know, radio. Do you know which movie I'm talking about? That's the question. We knew right away at Cafe Society. He said Woody Allen. I knew what you were talking about. Okay. I watched that last night. It was. We better don't than watch Woody Allen movie. movies anymore. But the Wes we, Anderson also has an all-star cast of people you should be able to rattle off. But you were acting like you didn't know anybody in that movie. I knew the one guy who was the in jail. I don't, I don't know. Benicio del Toro. Yeah. yeah. That's the only Great. guy I knew. Perfect. What What about the movie like set you off? What was the part where you're like, all right, this is bullshit. When did Gabe come out? <laughs> it looked pretty early. When they started talking about this, that, and the other thing, and none of them had anything to do with anything, and you're like, hold on a second, I'm supposed to remember all this dialogue in the movie, or the, the narration, that has nothing to do with anything. I gave up. I, I gave maybe up five minutes a, in. Maybe take a supplement before you see a movie like that, or something no. like that. Give me something that makes sense, that's connected in some way, shape, or form. Have then you I'll... ever read The New Yorker, the, the magazine? Yes, I have. I think okay. Charles Blow. Charles Blow is a writer for The New Yorker, isn't he? You blow. <laughs> Now, what about did you, somebody did you not to get, the Iron Did you Maiden not album? get like how you know that was like no. this movie was? Didn't matter. Hmm. Sometimes you just got to stand up and say, "Fuck this!" This. <laughs> what well, if somebody listens to the Iron Maiden album and they're like, "What are these fucking ten minute songs? I don't. What are all these time yep. signatures? What is all this shit? It's all got right, nothing ben, to do with preach. anything. Why are these yep. all things together? Do you feel that that's Iron Maiden's fault or that's their fault?" Yeah, what if somebody stands up in the middle of, you know, a 10-minute Iron Maiden song and says, fuck this. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Did they pay for the record? Did they pay for the concert? Did you, yeah. What, 
You didn't pay. No, it was on Netflix or whatever it was on. Point is, if you don't like spaghetti and I love it, I don't care. Who cares? If you don't like the movie and I do, or vice versa, who cares? You came at me. You came at me. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. You come at me. Of the year? Of the year? It it wouldn't have been my favorite movie of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you really got me there. (laughs) I'm just saying I didn't like it. I'm not offended. If somebody likes something and I don't, it shouldn't be the same way and vice versa. No, I'm not offended. I just it just makes me lose a lot of respect for you. That's not the same as me being offended. By hey, the but way, are you surprised that I didn't like the movie? That's the real question. Am I surprised that that you won't give things a chance? No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> there you go. No. no, I'm not surprised that that uh, uh, you in, you encounter a strange and mysterious spice, and you, you don't take the time to figure out the notes. You just say, "Fuck this." Where's my uh, veget- By the way, how was your vegetarian uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken? I didn't have it yet. I just heard that it's coming to a store near you, but there actually isn't a KFC in my city, so I got to see if they got it. What? No, I'm in a. I'm not in a big city. Oh. Mm. I'm near Santa Barbara, but not in Santa Barbara. But so, see, pe- but Gabe, so people but- were attacking you for like being into this idea. Like, why would you not eat meat and then go eat fake meat? What? By the way, those people, shut up. Maybe Gabe doesn't, well, not maybe. Gabe doesn't eat healthy. Gabe never got into being a vegetarian for health reasons. He got into it because he was against cruelty to animals. It's, it's nah, simple. It's just that you don't have to eat meat. I choose not to run. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, well, that, that's not even the point. The point is, is you never got into vegetarianism because you thought it was healthy. This is the last thing that you ever did. So if you want to eat some fucking vegetarian KFC, you go for it. You get that vegetarian KFC, you sit on your couch, and you sneer at Wes Anderson movies and say, fuck that, and go, yes. that's what, it's America. It's your version of America. I don't want to live in it, but it's your version of America. Have at it's, it. It's beyond burger meat. Chicken, whatever it's beyond comprehension, it. is what it is to me. It's it's foul. You're foul. <laughs> no, Here's it's not. Mo- it's not foul. <laughs> I What's saw a movie? Some, listen, I saw something. It was a preview of a movie that I want to hear your take on, or hear oh, your take Jesus. about what you think it's. No, you be. don't. No, you don't yes, want to do. hear. I want to no, hear. You don't. You yes, want. Do. You want spoon-fed bullshit. No. Go ahead. It's true. What's, you don't want to hear. You don't care about our opinions. Both about of anything. you. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me what your opinion, your your predisposition is about the Dave Grohl movie, about the Foo Fighters in that horror movie. You know what I'm talking about. Let's talk about the local H movie. I just got a, I just got the uh, footage uh, the other day, and I am about 15 minutes in. And uh, yeah, I'm getting crazy headaches. Like yesterday, I had a 12 hour work day, which was. Great. I, I, I really enjoyed myself. But uh, I got to all the kids are right yesterday. And uh, Gabe, you just look cute as a button. I, I nailed it. You say I oh, nailed it. Yeah, you and your judge shirt. I mean, I, is that that judge shirt? Yeah, that's that judge shirt hanging behind you. You were wearing that. Man, I'd take you home. That's a judge Show you a Wes Anderson movie handbag. or two. Feed you beyond chicken. That was before I put on the last 10 pounds for... for the holidays by the way oh you want to talk about poundage man like so <laughs> like one of the things for the concert footage is my uh my models are last waltz and 
stop making sense because I don't want to do a lot of fast cuts, you know, and you know, like how those movies, like they, they favor like the zooms and the camera movement more than edits and they don't rely on that kind of thing. But the problem is I'm looking at those movies and you know, they all look great. They're in their twenties. And then I'm looking at me in this movie, I'm 50. I'm like, Oh God, you know, I don't look like David Byrne is is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Sucks. Really sucks. I don't even look like like well, Garth Hudson, and that's what all, really in sucks. In all fairness to you, David Byrne was wearing a suit that was 12 times too big for him, so of course he looks thin. And I wish I'd worn that suit. Yeah. I mean, I wish I'd worn that suit. I wish I'd had David Byrne's hair. I wish, I wish it was David Byrne for this, this movie, at least. But Gabe, whew, you, you got it. I'm you, right. you got it in the movie. I've been waiting. I've been waiting with bated breath to find out how those scenes went that I was in. Because I got to practice them so much. Uh, so you and I, well, we don't want to talk about any other movies, but we both saw Licorice Pizza. Yeah. You so saw it twice. I saw, I saw Licorice Pizza twice. So and you're not are a big you fan. see it twice? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I'll see it again at some point. I don't know that I'm going to go back to a theater, though. It was definitely my least um, thrilling Paul Thomas Anderson movie that I've seen in a theater. I mean, I've seen them all in a theater. So uh, it's the one. It, Possibly it the like, most annoying one since Punch Drunk Love, maybe. No, I love Punch Drunk Love. Do um, you? Oh yeah. The one that I, the one that I, the one that this felt most like to me, and as far as like it didn't really emotionally connect with me, and I wasn't all that uh, t- like uh, swept away in it was The Master, which I oh. loved. I loved the first half hour of The Master, and then when Philip Seymour Hoffman arrives and that whole thing, I'm just kind of like, I don't care. Well, here's the thing. I'm having a very similar reaction, a f- similar first reaction to this movie that I had to The Master. I walked out of The Master and was like, fuck this movie. Who does he think he is? And yeah. everyone's like, oh, it's it's genius. And, you know, like no one can go against Paul Thomas Anderson. And even for me, it feels like I'm talking bad about a friend of mine. And I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to go to one of his movies and not like it. That's not what I'm... I don't want to go to any movie and not like it. But I'm having a reaction very similar to The Master. And I was like, this movie is bullshit. This is The Emperor's New Clothes. Uh, and now I love The Master. I, I think it's a great, great, great movie. And it's one of the most beautiful movies he's ever made. So maybe there's hope for me with this. You know, we'll see. I, every time I put The Master on, I get 45 minutes in and then I'm like, get distracted and I stop. Um, yeah, Gabe would hate it. There's things about Licorice Pizza that I loved the first time and the only time I've seen it so far. I love Sean Penn in it. I think like what a great use of Sean Penn. Um, mm-hmm. I always I always love seeing my Heim sisters. Mm-hmm. And Who was the the actress in the in the scene? I could I got to look her up. Right, the older woman who tells her she's great no matter what she says, like that she loves everything about. Well, she's asking her, like, can you do this? Can you do that? She's like, like, yeah, I can do this. I can do that. And she's like, will you do nudity? He's like, yeah. That's my favorite scene. She is great. Like, her reactions to everything. That's a classic scene right there. I also think the whole Bradley Cooper sequence, that stuff with him in the truck is really good and funny. It's terrific. It's terrific. There's just a a lot of great scenes that right now, for me, don't add up to much. And everybody's like, oh, you know, you just have to... Let it be what it is, and it's a hangout movie. And if I hear one more person say a movie is a hangout movie, I'm gonna fucking lose it, man. It's it's like 
Well, it's like American Graffiti, but without any of the momentum of those plot lines. Where is the momentum, you right. know? I mean, he used to be, be able to do all this stuff and tell a story. Like, yes. Like, I've really been into movies this year that are telling a story. And, and I'm, I'm kind of tired of the hangout thing, you know? I want, I want both. Is that too much to ask? That's no, what I said it, about that other movie, that French Connection. I'm, I'm with you. But, um, You're not with me. There's, there are stories... In the French, the French Connection. <laughs> is that what it is? No. I, I predict when Gabe sees this movie, Ben, he's going to love it. <clears throat> he's going to be like, uh, uh, hey, he's going to text us. Hey, guys, saw this movie. Uh, <laughs> seeing this movie, the pizza's in the title. Seeing this movie, it's called Jelly Bean Pizza. And uh, it's, 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 got, it's got the Haim girl in it. And uh, have you ever seen this movie? It's uh, by Wes Anderson. Uh, It's a really great movie. And we're going to say, no, we've never heard of it. Never heard of it. I'm going to be like, who is this? Because we've talked French Dispatch on the show, haven't we? Mm, I don't know. Maybe it was our other show. Maybe, maybe. So you know who we got on the show today, Gabe? I'm looking and I see Joe... Dapier, is that how you say it? Dapier, Joe Dapier, Joe Dapier, yeah, yeah. he's. Uh, did you were you with us when they toured with us? He was in Dovetail Joint. I was I was on the road and Dovetail Joint was playing, but I don't know if he was in the band at the time. He was I in the band. He was he was the he was the drummer. Okay, he's uh, he was in Dovetail Joint. He played with Johnny Polanski, uh, a bunch of people. He's a he's a good guy. He's entertaining. I'm trying to. One of the things that we don't, that I don't do well on the show is tell people who's on the, the show. You know, we just start talking to somebody and then it's like, who the fuck is this? So, but Gabe, not he, to spoil, not to, not to, not to ruin, but we, you, he, you, he's already said hi to you. He does know you. He remembers you. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember the face and the glasses and the dark hair. I, I, mean, when I, th- I think he's here. Hey, hey everybody, it's Joe Dapier. <laughs> Hello. Is it Dapier, Joe? Yeah, dude. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Because Gabe thinks it's, it's Dapier. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Damn. Wow. So it's ready to go. You're looking Excellent. good, Joe. Thanks, dude. How are my, you? Uh, my apartment has no heat, so I'm a little cold. But Oh, that's what, that's what the look's about. Yeah, exactly. I'm freezing balls. Uh, well, I don't like that, but I like the look. <laughs> And cool. uh, so, Scott, I have not seen you since the Johnny show back in 2019 at the G Man. Right. Well, ha- have ages. you have you been to any shows since the Johnny show in 2019? Um, I I I kind of um, like it's not pre-COVID or post-COVID. It's pre-cupcake show and post-cupcake show because <laughs> right? that was the last show, and then it, everything locked down. Right. So. So Cupcakes was the last show. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? It was fantastic. I mean, yeah. you know those guys. They're great. Yeah. 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 I know those guys. So let's get this out of the way. Iron Maiden or the replacements? Um, shit. Those are two different eras in my life. So mm-hmm. uh, right now, at this moment, I'd have to say the replacements. But yeah. I do admit that I did listen to aces high the other day in the car it's the best so, yeah 
No, I was a huge Maiden fan. I mean, growing up. So, do any air drumming to it while you're listening no. to it in the car? Actually, a little bit. Yeah. On the steering wheel. Yeah. There's no law against it. Not yet. No. no. Yeah. What do you want to talk about, Joe? Whatever the hell you want, man. I'm I'm an open book. Whatever. You <laughs> okay. Want. So you're from Winneka? Are you from Winneka? No, Wilmette. Wilmette. Yes. What's the difference? Um, Wilmette was full of metalheads and skate punks, and we were considered the bad part of the North Shore because uh-huh. we were the Hellraiser. So all these kids <laughs> from Glencoe. Like when we met them the first day of high school, they're like, oh, yeah, we used to think Wilmette was like the city, man. And we did take the L to Evanston and go to record shops and go to music stores and try to steal splash symbols and vinyl. Right. Um, but that's the difference, I think. So when did you then when did you start playing drums? You're stealing splash symbols. Yeah, actually, Chuck stole the splash symbol. He put it yeah. in the back of his and he gave it to me. I still have the thing, actually. Um I started playing when I was 11 and I think, I mean, most people are like, Oh, the minute I heard Neil Peart, you know, I, I knew I wanted to play drums for me. It was the minute I heard Phil Rudd on problem child. I was like, I can do that. That groove is incredible. Yeah. So, and then I went into the who and Zeppelin and all that stuff. So which version of problem child, the one with the fake ending? No, the just, the album one. Well, yeah. you know how it ends. Yeah. And then it comes back. Well, it's on two different records and one of them doesn't have the fake ending. Yeah. I know the one you're talking about, the one that like comes back in. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one where he could plays that fill. Right. Phil's Phil plays Phil. the fill. Phil plays the fill. We, we went to this, uh, we had this friend of ours, Jerry, uh, and he moved to Madison and he had this band called pound. Was it Pound? Was it Pound or Pound, Wisconsin? Well, they had to change their name to Pound, Wisconsin. But <laughs> they were playing a set. And then at the end of every song, it was like, and then he'd go, and after every song they did that, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. If you, uh, I'm sure you have it, Bonfire, they have the whole yeah. radio show in New York. Yeah. Love it. And yeah. actually Phil's snares crap out. And one of the tunes, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it's Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be, but he doesn't have snares. Listen back to it. It's just like a snare without snares on the bottom. Oh, it craps out. So it totally breaks. Yeah. And he just plows through it. I love it. First drummer I ever played with in high school, he never used the snare. Would never, never, never turned it on. That was his thing. He just treated it like another Tom. Interesting. Yeah. It was crazy. He beat the crap out of that thing. So you're in the bad part of the North shore. Yeah. We're in the rough part of the North shore. You're in the rough part. What's the, what's the name of the first band that you were in? Um, Free world. Okay. (laughs) That's that's definitely at the top. Me, Chuck and this guy, Matt, and we were all about the police. Oh, the police. Yeah. That makes sense. We just tried to do police covers and um, actually at that point, Chuck was actually writing songs and we did a couple of Joy Division-esque type tunes. And right. that was it. That was it. So when did you start uh, Dovetail Joint? That started in like 1990, mm-hmm. 
I think we played our first gig at Biddy Mulligan's. Um, uh, you remember that place? That's no. on Sheridan, way the hell up north. It's like as far north as you could get uh-huh. until you get to Evanston. And we played a bunch of awful covers and awful um, original tunes. Then, you know, I went off with Johnny for a long time. So I was right. with Johnny Polanski for a while. And <clears throat> to be honest, I had way more fun playing with Johnny and Saul and touring with Frank Black and doing Lollapalooza and all that stuff. All right, let's talk about that. Uh, like, So you're in Dovetail Joint and then Johnny says, "Come with." did you guys go to school together? Yes, Johnny and I went to school together. We, and Saul me, too? And Saul and Matt Walker and um, a bunch of other dudes like that. We were all in the same school. We were all jazz geeks. We were in jazz band. Really? But I, I will, the caveat is I only joined jazz band so I could fuck around on the drums during the day. Right. During the school day. Right, right, right. Now I appreciate jazz. I love it. But I I didn't get it back then when I was 16. Who's your favorite jazz drummer? Art Blakey. I knew you were going to say that. All right. So, so uh, you've, you've got dovetail joint going and, and Johnny doesn't have a drummer. Is that what happened? Right. Johnny and Johnny was like, Hey, Rick Rubin wants to sign me. We're going on the road with Frank Black. Do you want to, come with i'm like absolutely and so is he just making records in his his bedroom was he playing drums on them or something he what was played going drums on? on the first record yeah on the one that got all the critical acclaim right. um <laughs> and then sal and i were living together in wicker park already and we were playing in like blues and jazz bands which was paying the rent yeah so johnny's like yeah let's go on the road so i was like fuck yes let's do it and so we were on the road with frank black for like four or five months jesus christ not straight straight no four we had five? breaks I okay mean, we, went, we went to europe too um but then after that we flew straight from london to like somewhere in north carolina to start Lollapalooza, which you know back then was a touring thing so we did like a month and a half with Lollapalooza. and who was the headliner metallica soundgarden Devo, the Ramones, Rancid, pavement, not pavement on our on our leg. Are you looking there, at something? No, I was just I'm trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had the poster over there. You're like, no, no, uh, no. Soundgarden, Metallica. Yeah, I got posters everywhere. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was cool, and we were on the second stage, and we got to play right after the Melvins, which was kind Ooh. of humbling because. Yeah. They come up and they're like, kicking ass, I'll kill you. Right. And then we get up and do Johnny's tunes, which are awesome, but like they're not right. the Melvins. Right. But you get to watch uh, Del Crover play every day. Yes. And he's, he's a very nice dude. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, there's no real, real pressure on you. You're having a good time. Yeah, right? exactly. Saul and I went ballistic and Johnny went ballistic in his own way. And because yeah. I mean, what do you do when you're, you know, 22 and somebody hands you half a million bucks? Yeah. You, you go ape shit. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of the deal. Um, we were in a van, no bus. And we had one, one roadie and a tour manager. <clears throat> Who was the roadie? Anybody I know? Um, do you remember Denny from, um, he ran that rental place on Irving Park. Um, I can't remember his last name. You have a but, beard? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he would be like, oh, I'm taking the drums, I'm taking the amps. Yeah. Like, he, he was just like, he was awesome. Yeah, so I think he did some stuff for us, too. Yeah, Sounds familiar. He's, he's yeah. great. And then uh, <laughs> James Coffey was our tour manager. Um, I haven't seen him forever. He, You probably didn't run into him at Bee Kitchen. He wouldn't be at Bee Kitchen anymore. No. So which show was uh, was the one you dug the most out of the, the second night was good second night. yeah we played a bunch of covers and uh and the opener dropped off because of covid so i had to open and i just had the audience pick a record and i had to play it the entire thing on acoustic guitar that was the deal and so they picked the 60 minute record and it was <laughs> it was a mess it was no fun pressure. No, no, no pressure, pressure. no pressure it was good <laughs> that's cool What'd yeah. you do for New Year's? I didn't do shit. I had COVID. Dude. It sucked. I played a gig on the 11th of December at Martyrs. Uh-huh. And then two days later, I got hit with the plague and it lasted for like two weeks. Really? Yeah, it was terrible. I got I got the Delta, dude. I didn't none of this Omicron. <laughs> Omicron. <laughs> I went Delta. <laughs> what? Were you vaxxed? Yeah, completely vaxxed. I mean, because I got a breakthrough uh, case and I was vaxxed and it lasted for like maybe two days. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Ah, lucky. Like, yeah. I, was, I had like five blankets on me. I was like shivering. It was oh terrible. my God. Yeah. That first night, and it just sounds like it, you felt like this for two weeks, was remember that scene in, in Conan the Barbarian, the original one where like he, he's going to die? And uh, Sandal Bergman has got the, the dagger and there's like all those demons trying to take him away, trying to take Arnold Schwarzenegger away. And she's like, you know, swinging the dagger at this demon. Get away, get away. Do you remember that scene? Um, Not offhand, no. Ben, do you remember that scene? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did I act it out properly? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> it's a dagger. Yes. Yeah. This is my dagger. <laughs> <laughs> Sandal Bergman. Sandal, you, you were just impressed that I remember Sandal Bergman. That was pretty impressive right there. You're welcome. You're welcome. So when, uh, or thank you. I, I, don't re- I don't know what the proper response to that would be. So when did the bottom drop out of that thing with, with Johnny? Or was it just, the, it did it just roll to a stop? The bottom didn't really drop out. Johnny's a solo dude. He always has been. He's always had multiple bands um he's in new york now he's got another band um i didn't know he's in new york i thought he was still in la no la kicked him out he's in new york now. <laughs> <laughs> um, running out of places to go aren't we all yeah um what happened so we did Lollapalooza for a month and a half or two months and then um he just called sal and i up and said you guys are fired we're like, okay. What? Well, he lost his deal. Like Rick Rubin was like, all right, we're done. Uh-huh. But we did get to do some cool shit with Rick Rubin. Actually, we did some demos with him at Sound City. And he just kind of sat there and sat there cross-legged on the couch. Mm-hmm. And then he would have his studio assistant, like hit the button and be like, why don't you add another verse? And Johnny was like, no, no. And he kept disagreeing with Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin left. And then uh, Mick Dia's brother took over 
right. took over the rest of the session. And I don't know where those demos are. Um, actually, Johnny sent me some, but it was fun. That was my first time at Sound City. Did you guys ever record at Sound City? No, no, I've never been there. Yeah, I got to use uh, Ross, the drum doctor. And he gave me the uh, snare that allegedly was used on Nevermind. Uh-huh. And it's this Tama Bellbrass snare, very deep. And it was unreal. Like it hits back. You, you don't right. hit it. It hits you. Right. So after Johnny. Were they holding I mean, the your timeline, spot in dovetail joint? Or yeah. What was, what was going on there? Yeah. The timeline is so, you know, Sal, Sal was actually in dovetail joint prior to cooker. Mm-hmm. And so Sal and I were gone. And I guess Chuck and Robert did whatever they do while we were gone. And then we came back and then did the whole, I mean, you, you know, the whole schlogging thing about like, Oh, get, get our, get our demos over to this person or get our demos over this person. We had a manager at the time. So sorry, you can cut that one out too. Um, Anyway, you know, we're, do you remember Thurston Scott? Yeah. I loved that place. Like, Good Calzones. Great freaking rock club. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, but it, it had stairs. Any club with stairs. Circular stairs. Yo, Jesus Christ. Fire How hazard. did we ever play there? <laughs> I know, right? How? I don't know. Man, oh, man. So we did the whole showcase thing. We we're doing like CMJ and all that stuff yeah. with the joint. And we got hooked up with this dude who ran this label with bands that I don't really dig or never dug, mm-hmm. but he was willing to sign us and he had a deal with Columbia. So what um, label was that? Uh, that was aware mm-hmm. records. Yeah. Um, known for train. Uh-huh. And, you know, there are great people, but it just wasn't the kind of label I personally would have wanted to be on. Right. Um, but they hooked us up with Columbia and then these fat cats from New York came out to Nashville and saw us play. And they're like, okay, let's do it. Now had, had level on the inside been on the local one one disc at this point. I mean, not yet. Okay. Um, that was after we recorded it with John Fields in Minneapolis. Um, oh, that was another good studio pachyderm. Yeah. Pachyderm is great. Oh, love it. Yeah. Like you're, you're tracking and you're like looking out at nature. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't believe in ghosts, but there are ghosts in that place. I mean, that, that place has got ghosts. Oh, in the house? Oh, in the studio. Like, you, you, you know, you listen, you start singing in that room and it's just like something happens to your voice, you know? It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't get any vibes in the studio, but definitely in the house. The house freaked me out. How about that pool? It's pool just like... Empty. Oh, oh, really? It was winter. Uh, I yeah, that's the the pool's inside. I know, but it was still empty. Oh man, like the place was kind of run down when we went yeah. there. It was it was not in good shape. Yeah, the pool was empty. The carpet was nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like in it, the main room. Somebody took it over, and it's a lot nicer now than than it was. Is it? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that studio should definitely live on. It's right. Great. That's how they feel about it. So then I mean, how did it get on the Q101 disc? I mean, it, like that started getting a buzz and it, you know, that you guys were getting played all the time. On, no, it was a on shit Q101. show. It was unbelievable. We were 
at uh what's that studio sunset mixing with um that guy jack joseph puig yeah (laughs) did weezer black crows right all that shit um so we're mixing the record still mixing the single but somehow the single got out and was being played on q101 while we were in la before the record even came out so this is you know marketing 101 is like <laughs> wait for the record to come out and then then promote it and you know they sent it the tune was here and it got minor airplane australia and that's about it huh but the q101 disc i still have the poster scott and it's you and joe and like you know that collage that old q101 poster with a collage of like Tons of bands from right. back in the day. And we were on that that thing? I couldn't remember if we were yeah, on Yeah, you guys that. were um, the top left. That wasn't the Random Acts disc, was it? No, it was the Q101 blah, blah, blah disc. And it was like... What track of ours was on? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Gabe, do you remember? It was like, it was like you guys, no. us, Kill Hannah, like a bunch of other bands, like... Like all in this, I have the poster. I'll, I can see that. I can see it. the cover. Like it had like this sort of circular oval type of thing on it. Right. And you guys were the first track. I think we were the first track because I mean, I, I don't know how, who got paid off, but mm-hmm. they played it. They played that tune nonstop. Well, see, that's the thing to me. It, it, it seemed like Scott, you something. were there. It was talking smack is your track on that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that explains it. Uh, but it seemed to me like it, it was a natural thing. Like it, it didn't seem like it was a payola thing. And like, it seemed like it was getting a lot of excitement about the record coming out. Yeah. But, but it wasn't like that. You didn't feel like that at all. I felt like it was a payola thing. Okay. Do you at guys want to hear the whole, the whole track list of that? Q101 CD? No, I want to hear about Paola. All right. There was this one dude, I can't remember his name, but he was like the guru with all the radio people in Chicago. And was it? uh, You might know. You might remember his name. I don't. I don't want to say his name, but go ahead. Okay. We won't say his name. Yeah. I'm not going to say our manager's name either. (laughs) Nosferatu? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I was just listening to Slint, and they have a tune called that. Slint, man, yeah. man, Talk did about- I have to listen to that all the time when I lived with Gabe? Sure as hell did. That's a great yeah. album. Yeah, well, check out the uh, the movie stream. The streaming they have they have the uh, outtakes. If you really want to go deep, outtakes of Slint. All right. Are they I'm as there. good as the uh, outtakes of the Cars? No. Okay. I wouldn't imagine. I imagine they wouldn't be. But the cars weren't 16 and 17 when they recorded their albums. That's true. Ben, why don't you tell us uh, every, every uh, song that was on that uh, Q101 compilation? That I don't we know. You think we together? should? I don't know if it's a good idea. Uh, number one, Dovetail Joint, Level on the Inside. I know those guys. Track number two, Smoking Popes. I know you love me. By All the right, way, that's that's a good. That's this a good track point. list could also serve as a blueprint for guests we've had and guests we will try to have in the future. 
Um, so you're saying it, it's it's a uh, it's it's a uh, it's a snapshot of the Chicago scene. Uh, what year did this come out? 97, 99, 98? I think it was 98 or 99. Yeah, this thing doesn't have an accurate. I'm, I mean, it's actually for sale on Amazon for 30 bucks. Ooh. And uh, I don't know that, that shit. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. The, the, Joe, you say 98 of... or 99, 99 or one of those two. I'm not sure. Why would we put talking smack on it? That just seems so stupid. Yeah. What record was that on? It was from the first record. It was a B side. It was bag of hammers. It was on the bag of hammers record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, but it was a B side for that record. Okay. All right. Number three, my scarlet life with a song called black limbo. (laughs) I forgot about them. Gabe, do you remember my scarlet life? It sounds familiar, but I, I don't know. Why did you say? Wow. The, the name like sparked something in my head and then it went away real quickly. It was like a French dispatch in your head. Yeah. It's yes. kind of like most conversations with you. Go ahead. Who's next? Right. Number What's four, next? A, a modern joy with pretty little orange. You know them. Do you, do you remember a modern joy, Joe? Um, I remember the name. I don't remember seeing them or anything. I know Gabe doesn't remember it. No, I don't. Track number five, a band called fondly. Oh, a song called you are ignored. Fondly. Fondly, F-O-N-D-L-Y, fondly. fondly. Apparently they were ignored fondly. because nobody can remember the tune. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, track six was a band called Claire. Nope. C-L-A-I-R-E. Once uh, again. Do you remember them? No, Gabe, do you remember them? Answer the question. No, Claire. Nobody does. It's Claire. No. Answer the question. I heard you. <laughs> All right. Claire. Gabe's like, nobody does. <laughs> I hear you. Answer and the I know question. What you're saying. Claire, do you remember them? I'm trying to think of the next line. Answer the question. Claire. I get it. <laughs> Track Enough. number seven, a band called Pulsars. Oh, Pulsars. Pulsars. Yeah, we love yeah. the Pulsars. Now, right. wait a minute. They have a song called Cool for Cats. Was that a squeeze cover? Or did they have their own Cool it's for gotta Cats? got to be song? a squeeze cover. Do you remember being a squeeze cover, Joe? A what? A squeeze cover. Cool for Cats. <laughs> cool for Cats? Yeah. Um, I remember. No, I don't. Where do you come down on the squeeze? Squeeze or Iron Maiden? Pulling muscles from a shell. Mm-hmm. You like that song? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good tune. You know, I I was hating Squeeze, and were then you? I, Fuck. Yeah, they it's suck. Stupid. And oh, then I was like, I was like, and Justine hates pulling muscles from Michelle because it reminds her of of a uh, a funeral. Yeah, you know, don't get, right. get sure. don't get started. Pulling muscles from Michelle. Somebody played that at a funeral. I don't get it. So I'm like, Squeeze sucks. Let's listen to Squeeze. And we're listening to it. And I think we got to cool for cats. And I'm kind of like, I, do I like squeeze? And she goes, yeah, do I like squeeze? <laughs> so the last time I, I listened to squeeze, I think I liked them. About but time. Well, but uh, historically, not, not a fan. No, historically, I'm not a fan either. But that I, the only reason I remember that tune is because I was in a cover band and we played it. Cool for That's cats. It. No, pulling muscles. Pulling muscles. <laughs> it's a good song. There's some... You, What's that other song of this that is really, really good? Uh, Take Me, I'm Yours. That's a good song. You know that one, Ben? Yeah. I know every Squeeze song. Me, I'm Yours. Yeah, you seem like a Squeeze fan. I am a Squeeze fan. Yeah. And and I've picked up on your sort of anti-English pop bands. It doesn't surprise me. I think you're a huge Squeeze fan. Are you not a Blur fan, Scott? I love Blur. I love Blur, too. I love Blur. No, but every time I mention Elvis Costello, his eyes roll... The back of his head, he says, I wouldn't know. I, I think know. Uh, 
Man Out of Time is one of the greatest songs ever written. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Glad to hear it. Track number eight, Kill Hannah. Hey, saying Kill about Hannah. This, Kill what I'm Hannah. saying about this disc. What song? Uh, Nerve Gas. Hmm. Okay. Uh, track number nine, The Rolls. The Rolls? No. You guys know The Rolls? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Sitting on the Sidelines was their song. Track number 10, Doris. D-O-R-I-S, Doris. I remember that name. I don't know who was in the band, though. They had a track called All You Need. Number 11, somebody... Gabe Lukopu is in Doris. I don't think they'll be found online. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's like three members of Doris that listen to this podcast on the yeah. regular, and they're just, they all just stroked out. We love you, Doris. <laughs> I'm looking. Um, track 11 was Liz Fair. Hey, I've oh. heard of her. Another check going to my With an otherwise unreleased outtake called Freak of Nature. Hmm. She mm-hmm. went She went to Wilmette? Nutrier, yeah. Huh. She was a few years ahead of me, but it was like, there were a lot of dudes who came out of that high school. It was like John. Like Liz Fair. Liz Fair. <laughs> One of those Pat dudes. Walker. Gary Novak. Um so what was it like being a, a freshman in Liz Fair as a senior? Was that what it was? Yeah, I wouldn't have probably noticed her at all. <clears throat> I had no idea. I don't think she had any idea. Wow. What she was about to do. I mean, okay. You know, like she's in high school. Did, like she had no idea like what was gonna happen. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know. She could have been I'm, writing tunes. I don't she know. She didn't she didn't have it in, in high school. Not that I know of. Okay. What about Maxton? Did he have it in high school? Oh, God. I love Max. I I played hockey with him since I was six years old. Um, Max is the coolest motherfucker around. Yeah. And you know that. I do know that. Um, And actually, I just saw him uh, a month ago at at our gig. I I played this gig on the 11th of December. Um, Yeah, he gave you COVID. Maybe he gave me COVID. I think he did. Yeah. Unless we were, you know, it was the Bolivian marching powder <laughs> off the guitar. Pick. Right, exactly. We would make, we would make, cause you know, Max looks like, uh, it looks Roger like Roger Daltrey. Daltrey. Yeah. So we would make him do who songs, <laughs> you know, cause he was guitar teching for us for a while. And so we're like, all right, we're going to do can't explain, get up here. You know, he'd get up there and swing the microphone. That's great. Oh my that's God. the same reason that Herb does Robert Plant stuff because he looks so much like them. Yeah, that's that's right. Max teched for us too, and the funny part is like he'd be on the side of the stage like tuning, right? And <laughs> all these people would come up to him and be like, "Oh my God, you're the best! You're the greatest!" I'm like, "Dude, you're the freaking rock star here, not us. Right? You need to get up on stage. Right? I'm I'm out." Right. <laughs> so we got, we got Max and Neil from you guys. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I like to think of dovetail joint as like the big launching board for everybody else. <laughs> um, Cause so many people who worked with us or around us, like went on to like amazing things. Well, we were not an amazing thing, but there's still more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Track number 12, the John Huss moderate combo. Blanking on that. Yeah. 
Well, their song was You're So Basic. That was Billy Corgan's side project. <laughs> Number 13, the Aluminum Group. Ah, the, or as I oh. know them as the Aluminium Group. Aluminium, right? yes. Right. Um, I, don't I don't even know how to pronounce the name of their song, so I'm skipping it. Uh, 14 was Atrixo, A-T-R-I-X-O. You know that uh, band? Yeah, I remember that name. Yep. I do. They had a band called, a song called Audacious. Track mm. 15, Certain Distant Suns. Wow. Oh. Damn. I forgot about them. Where's Certain called- Distant Suns? They're from up by us, right, Gabe? Oh, they're, they're f- we can look it up. <clears throat> Gabe, how'd you do with finding the band Doris? I found <laughs> something and I gave up. Uh, sorry, no offense to the Doris people out there. I just, uh, I gave up. I, I don't have time for this. I'm sorry. Where you get, where, what else? Fuck you that French where, dispatch. Where, where else are you going to be for the next half hour? Or so, what are you talking about? You don't have time. I'm looking up certain distant suns. Oh, okay. They're, they're I remember from, Libertyville. Yeah, something like that, right? Right there with Tom uh, Morello. Tom Tom Morello Country. Ooh, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's an awesome dude. Fox Lake, certain distant suns. Fox Lake. Fox That's Lake. Up by me, where I was from. All right. Okay. Way up north. Great. Track number 16, Local H. Talking Two smack. Oh, okay. What? Track yeah, 16. Yeah. Buried. Well, wait a minute. Track 17, Massive Vivid. You know the, that band? No. Do you? No. Oh. But they oh. had a song called Flesh, Colon, Wound. Like Flesh, the sign, colon, like the exclamation, the whatever the, what do you call that? Colon wound. A colon, an actual colon, colon wound is, is what happens when you eat too much colon blow. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. a flesh wound. Yeah, right. I've and had then too this, much brand. I've got a colon wound. <laughs> and then this this Q101 disc closed out with track 18, a little band called Wilco, uh, with their song Passenger Side, a previously unreleased live version of Passenger uh, Side. Okay. I thought we were going to get a Muchacha song on, on this comp. Nope. No muchacha. It's too many tunes, actually. It's 18. 18. Jesus. Quite a like Jesus Lizard. <laughs> You're playing the shows with Jesus Lizard? Oh, God, I would have loved to. I'll tell you, I was, I mean, we, we've done gigs together, um, but I always wanted to be in the Jesus Lizard. <laughs> <laughs> like, they are the shit. They fucking rock. David Yao is insane. Yeah. Mac McNeely's a monster. Crazy. <clears throat> David Williams Sims is badass bass player. So good. So good. And there's that thing he does where he like just <clears throat> get it into the he like sort of loops around. It's sort of a wallop the way he plays the the bass around the beat. It's I can't explain it, but the last time I saw them, I was like, I finally figured out what you do. And he goes, oh, oh yeah. And I go, yeah, I just forgot what it was. But so, like, so when you quit dovetail joint, you were like, were you fucked, fuck drums or, or no, what happened I, after that? I, after I bailed from dovetail, I took like, I didn't play for like six months. And then um, I hooked up with Newt Cole and we had a band called Plura, which was very like quicksandy, like quicksand meets shiner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we did a record, we played out. Um, and then after that, I mean, I was just playing in like a bunch of different bands. 
I haven't stopped playing, Scott. So maybe that makes me a lifer. Right. Right. I will never stop playing. But, Good. Oh, I wanted to talk about shellac too. Sorry. I Go for me. it. <laughs> I just listened to Ad Action Park mm-hmm. and I haven't heard it in a long time. And the beginning of the record sounds like he, it's the closest I've ever heard to somebody getting Malcolm Young's guitar tone from like, um, let there be rock. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so brutal. It's, like, it's a production. It's production genius. I love it. Yeah. That is br- brutal. Like, like when you hear some of those riffs on like Powerage and, and stuff like that, it's just like, God damn, the guitars are incredible. I know. Those are my two favorite records, Powerage and let there be rock. I'm a bond <sighs> dude. I'm all about bond. I, you know what? No, that, no disrespect to Brian, but you can't discount those records. You can't discount Back in Black. You oh, cannot you discount for those about to rock. For those or about to flick rock, of the switch, flick of the switch is great. It's great. It's great. But, but those two records, I, there's some of the spark is gone by the time they get the flick of the switch. Even though it's got some great songs, I love Rising Power and and Bedlam Nervous Belgium. Shakedown. Bedlam Belgium is so great. Yeah. But I think my favorite drum sound, one of my favorite drum sounds of all time, is that sound on for those about to rock. Oh, God, it's like, sounds great. Choo, 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 choo. Dude, that snare comes in. Yeah. It's do, huge. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's this theory and actually I wanted to run it by you, Scott. Okay. I read it in a book. Allegedly Bon Scott had finished all the lyrics for the next record, which was after they were done with highway to hell. All right. So go to back in black. Uh-huh. And there's all these like, the same kind of bond, like sexual innuendos and like right. turns a phrase. There's a theory that Bond's lyric, most of Bond's lyrics made it on the back in black, but he was not credited. What do you I think? Don't, I don't buy it. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because of t- touch too much. Like when you listen to the touch too much that is on bonfire, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really bear a whole lot of resemblance to the touch too much that is on highway to hell. Now the, Touch too much on Highway to Hell sounds a lot like Mutt Lang, and it sounds a lot like later Def Leppard. You know, it's just yep. it's kind of like it's it's more commercial. And I think you know they had the title from Bond, and then they just rewrote the whole song from the title up. So I think if, if they took anything from him, if he, he if he had a song called Hell's Bells, they would have taken the title and rewrote it like that. And when you listen to that riff in uh, Back in Black, there's a song on the second Knack record that is that riff. I don't think Angus or Malcolm were listening to the Knack, but I know. I highly doubt. I know Mutt Lang was listening to the Knack. You know what I, I mean? I love that oh, second yeah. Knack album. What song are you talking about, Scott? Uh, I don't know. I'm not the world's biggest Knack fan, but I was listening to the second record and uh, I was like, dude, this is Back in Black. If you go through it, you'll be able to hear it. The next time you listen to it, you go, oh, okay. I, I think I know what you're talking about. So I'm pretty sure it's knack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit. All right. I'll do it. So I, I, I think uh, I, I don't buy it, but you know. Okay. It's, it's just a theory. I know you shook me as like the big hit from the record, but like right. there's some double entendres there and there's some sexual innuendos. And I was like, that's bond. Like that is not Brian. Like, and the fact they turned it around so quickly, like going from highway to hell right into back in black. With like, I, how many months did they have Brian to prepare for that? You know, I wonder, 
I, I have a feeling that if anybody was writing the lyrics on that record, it was, it was mutt. That's what I think. Oh, That's what I'm guessing. Um, and I, I think that he wanted to keep doing that with them and they, they wouldn't, they gave a little bit, but not too much. And so that's why he found Def Leppard. So he could mold them into what he wanted more the of a lap, pop band. The lap was like DC light. Yeah, dude. High and dry is, is a oh, great, yeah, great record. Hell yeah. You know, I mean, that's as good a, a ACDC rip as you're ever going to get. And there's some shit on pyromania too. That reminds me of DC photograph is probably the greatest pop metal song of the eighties, but totally agree. But song for song, I think highway to hell kills it. Like there's some filler on pyromania, but I don't think there's any filler. High and dry. I don't think there's any filler. I think it's a song for song. It's a better record than, um, what's that tune? Oh, no, no. You got me running. I you got me running. You got me yeah. running. Such a good song. That could be you a. Got me running. That could be a Thin Lizzy song. It's so great. Totally. <laughs> what do you think, Gabe? I and Dry is Def Leppard's best best era, and I agree, it's a great album. You, you should listen to the the live recordings from there's. It's on YouTube, and there's a live concert, and they're playing High and Dry songs, and it's it's the small like place i think they're going to shoot some videos there and they're playing and it sounds so good and at the same time there's on youtube there's that uh footage of motley crew at the us festival and it sounds oh, like that. shit yeah you know terrible 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 and you know you you just can picture them like walking up and down the sunset strip you know pulling chicks and like we're the fucking best and they suck and then you can picture <laughs> Def leopard like practicing like playing just being fucking great and they're great yeah they're another band that uh again i read about um that drank more or spent more on alcohol than they did on the studio it could be bullshit who def uh, leppard or yeah def leppard yeah. I and mean, i know that happened with van halen too they did it in a week <laughs> it sounds like it banged it, it out yeah it's great yeah People don't get that about those Van Halen records. Those fucking records are punk. Those are great records. Yeah, they didn't give a fuck. They just went in and went shredded and like, we're done. Get Dave up there. No, they were like the they were like the Fred Astaire of uh, of pop metal bands. It's like no tricks. We want you to see our feet. We want no tricks. Full frame. (laughs) Yeah. So can we talk about some of the bands uh, you toured with? Yeah. you, toured, you you talk about Train, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. How about Marvelous and Three? Say, uh, and they can Marvelous that. Three. I don't give a shit. You did I mean, it obviously. Tour. We went out with Cheap Trick for a while. Oh yeah. How was that? Um, it was great. Brian was still teching for them at the time. Um, it was amazing. Rick, I don't know if Rick wants me to tell this story, but Cooker and I were sitting in the dressing room in L.A. somewhere, and. Rick opens the door and he's not wearing pants. Uh-huh. And he's like, what's the matter? You never seen a rock star's balls before. I'm like, and John and I were looking at each other like, what the fuck's going on? What is this? Um, Did he have his jacket on? He had a shirt on, but he had no okay. pants. Right. So I guess the takeaway from that is I've seen Rick Nielsen's balls. Good. Those guys will, those guys will fuck with you. You know, they're oh. like, they're like the older brothers. Yeah, they were great. Like Tom was getting baked with us and like it was 
Bunny was not around. Did you see Tom's balls? No, I didn't see Tom's balls. No balls were seen except for Rick's. Yeah, I hear he's got some good balls. <laughs> Bunny wasn't hanging out. Is that what you're saying? Is he that didn't hang out. And, and, and I really, shock. really, really wanted to talk to him and tell him that he's brilliant. But yeah. Um, he would kind of just, he had his little, I mean, Brian could tell you this. He had his little cooler with two Heinekens and a water next to him. And he never drank the Heinekens, but he had them there just in case he needed a beer. In case they were like his lucky cigarette. Water. Yeah, I guess it was like yeah. a lucky cigarette, but who else did we play with? Uh, Black Crows. How long, how many shows did you do with the Black Crows? Two. Okay. Um, so that wasn't really a tour but um, New Orleans and somewhere else. Um, Melvin's was with Johnny. Frank Black was with Johnny. Soul Coughing was with Johnny. What about Silverchair? Silverchair. Yeah, we played a gig with them in Rhode right. Island. Yeah. But that was it. That's funny you mentioned them. Why? Um, just because I've always remembered that gig. For some reason, maybe it's because we opened up for 16-year-olds. Dude. Like, <laughs> and they rocked. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Like a slave, man. I mean, you great. never played with the Beatles, right? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, you, you, you see that footage of the Beatles playing and just the high pitched girls, the high pitched screaming of the girls. It was like that with Silverchair. It sounded like old Beatles footage where it was just screaming and it was just this. It's kind of like what my tinnitus sounds like. So, everywhere I go, it sounds like. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm still on the silver chair tour. Well, maybe they did that for them, but they sure shit didn't do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're not going to do it. There's a good story though, about we, we got mistakenly booked on a ska festival. In, um, <laughs> do you remember how that happened or why in that the happened? empire in, in California somewhere? I can't remember where it was, but that was the, greatest show because we kept getting water bottles thrown at us and yeah. i thought it was hilarious but chuck was like dude this is uncool we're we're, we're leaving like, no <laughs> keep playing so i'm i'm like yelling into the hi-hat I'm like i'm like you motherfuckers keep throwing shit at us and they did <laughs> um because we were the only non-ska band and and what else happened in boston we played a metal fest we're not that was the problem with that band it wasn't metal it wasn't heavy enough to appease the metal crowd. Right. Um, it was poppy enough for like, you know, people who listen to the radio, but um, you know, it was no, it was no helmet. Mm. Put it that way. Right. Did you think about maybe trying to play all your songs as ska that night? That'd be fun. Was it because of Robert's pants? I mean, why were you guys like on a ska fest, a ska fest? Um, it was our booking agent fucked up, fucked put up. us on something weird. <laughs> oh, well, here's what I want to uh, uh, Your first show was at the Vic. Our, our first show as Dovetail Joint was at the Vic opening up for some hippie band. I can't remember who they were at the Vic. Yeah. At the Vic. And you can't remember who the band was. Um, shit. I actually have a poster of it somewhere. Um, well, just look at it. It's on the wall, the right? Junction. Right right next to the yeah, Lollapalooza yeah. poster. There yeah, there's a Lollapalooza poster. Um, the Junction. The Junction. Is that is that ringing a bell with you, Ben? Because you like all those hippie bands, right? Up the Junction is one of the best squeeze songs. 
One of the best ones. <laughs> squeeze, squeeze. You brought it back around to squeeze. I tried. It felt, it was like a fucking souffle that just. <laughs> Pulling muscles from Locked. the shell that won't open. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. You got to send those back. Do you know that, Gabe? Uh, Gabe, have you ever had a muscle? No, but I was at a family party over the holidays, and one of the guys brought in some fresh, fresh mussels. He, he had a cooler and a net and ice. He pulled all the stuff out, and he had one of those things you open up the mussels with, the shells. They were oysters. They were oysters. Sorry, they were oysters. And it, I, I wasn't going to eat it, though, because it's kind of scary. You don't know what's going to cod, dude. I was in uh, Cape Cod. I'm near Santa Barbara. So they, they were from oh, okay. fresh from the ocean. Nice. I didn't eat it. Oysters. He apparently lives next to the old man by the sea. <laughs> Can you imagine the the courage of the first person to eat an oyster? I can't, but it take, took some balls. Mm. Took Rick Nielsen's balls. Big Tom Peterson balls. Yes. Uh, one of the funniest. Hey, Robin's ones. got some great balls too. You you guys might have played this one. It was um, the Atlanta Fest, like the Music Midtown. Yes. Yes, we played with. Well, Kid Rock opened for us. Oh. So I got to watch Kid Rock, and I was just like, Jesus, what the fuck is going on? And then Eminem the opened Ever, for us. The guy from Everclear kept staring me down, like wanting to fight or something, and I'm like, What the fuck's your problem, dude? Like. I don't know you. I don't care. Who are you? Yeah. He was like staring me down. So giving me the stink eye. And I don't know why I didn't do anything to him. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I, 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 I'm not the kind of person who would just walk up and fuck with somebody. No, no, you're not. So, um, so art gave me the stink eye and I watched kid rock. That's what I remember from at midtown music midtown. Yeah. We played when we were on tour, goes back to Silverchair with Silverchair. And remember, Gabe, uh, ZZ Top was playing and Dinosaur Jr. We played. Oh, I love them. Did we play before or after Dinosaur Jr.? It was before, but that's when it's in the streets, right? The Midtown right. Music Festival where they had the fences. Fed, right. You know, the- it's in a huge park. Right. The city. When we played it, uh, Chris Novoselic had a new band, Sweet 75. Oh yeah, remember that. yeah. Remember that, Gabe? They were playing at the same time at the festival. They were at the festival, but I think they played inside. They played inside, like the Cotton Club or something like that. Okay, so we went back to the hotel, and and uh, Chris Novoselic, the people in his his roadies. I don't want to say roadies, but his crew. His crew was hanging around. A couple of guitar techs. I'm like, hey, and we're talking, and and I'm like, oh, is is Chris around? And it's like, yeah, he's here. You want to go upstairs and hang out? I'm like, yeah. So go upstairs, and he's up there. He was playing twelve string guitar at that point, so he's got the two twelve strings. And have I told you the story before, Ben? No. Okay, you're, you're now you're. Uh, he's got the two. He's got two twelve strings laid out on the bed, and. And he's like, Hey, come on in, you know, let's play. And he's like, I saw your band and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, great. So we're playing 12 strings and you know, we're out of beer. I'm like, you guys want some more beer? We can go to our bus and get some more beer. And they're like, yeah, great. So Chris is is leading the way. We go down there we put on black Sabbath video that we used to play all the time. And he's just, you know, 
and I'm just, just feeling, I'm getting really drunk because I'm really nervous hanging around him. And then uh, we're, we're watching black Sabbath. And at one point I try to say, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I don't, don't want to talk about that. And then it's getting late. And I go, Oh, have you ever seen the red balloon? You, you know, that movie, Joe, the, the little, like the half hour French short about the little boy whose best friend is a red balloon. Um, no, <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> is it from the What's 50s? it called? The red balloon. The red balloon. Okay, I'll I don't know if it's it out. the 50s or the 60s. One of the yeah. greatest movies of all time. This has been my favorite movie since they used to sh- show it to us in in grade in school. school. Yeah, yeah, on on 16 millimeter. It was great. So like, oh, we get to watch this movie. You could tell Chris is kind of like he's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's time to call it a night. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're gonna love this movie. It, it's so fucking good. And then I put it on and we get about 15 minutes into it. And he's like, okay, it's time to go. I'm like, no, you don't understand at the end, you know, his balloon gets killed and then all the balloons come and they fly him oh, away. And it's minute, beautiful. You've seen this that. movie. Of course yes, you've seen this movie. I it's totally great. I fucking remember that. And Chris is like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. And then, you know, the next day, our sound guy was like, dude, you fucking blew it. <laughs> Then I saw him. I was like, hey, great show. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye, bye. Yeah, I blew it. Scott Lucas holds Chris Novoselic hostage in their bus. Come on, Novoselic. It's only a half an hour. I never listened to his band. What like what was their vibe? It was good. It was really cool. And it and you know, like that's the thing about him. I always had a lot of respect for him because he was always trying something different. And, and when he came out of the gate, that was his first band after Nirvana breaking up. So right. nothing like Nirvana. He like went, you know, a completely different direction, a 180, if you will, Gabe. And uh, I got nothing but respect for that record. I just like the fact that he's, he knows that like, <clears throat> like I was in Nirvana. I did it. Like, fuck it. I'm right. retired. Right. Like, he did it. <laughs> like, what, what can you do after that? Kurt was Chris's guy or, you know, I mean, he yeah, was kind of, he was always supporting him and, you know, making sure that, you know, Kurt's stuff happened, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's hard to find another guy like that. You know, if you know, he was definitely not a sideman, but he was the bass player. He backed the guy up and those bass lines are great. They are great. They're um, McCartney-esque, dare I say. Ooh. Bold. Speaking of McCartney-esque, how do you feel about Get Back? Um, it took a long time to get to what I wanted to see. What did you want to see? I wanted to see the show. Dude, you've seen the show before, right? I mean, I that, know. I know. To me, that I was the least interesting. That was the least interesting part of the movie. Well, I mean, I loved the I loved the whole process, the whole songwriting process. Um, it, it definitely confirmed that Yoko was annoying because she sat there the whole time while they're fucking writing. And I'm like, Jesus, like, can you imagine like having someone sit there just who's your. Yeah. But doesn't some of that blame like lie on John's shoulders as well? I mean, aren't we past blaming Yoko for this? Yeah. But Paul and George come in like, you please get her out for a little while. (laughs) Like, so we can work. Uh I don't know. That's just, my thoughts. She didn't seem to be an impediment Yoko. for Paul. Didn't seem phased by her at all. The fucking. I know, but he was making jokes about her when she wasn't around. 
Paul did not seem phased, but yes. Yeah. I mean, we've all had, you know, the, the couple that we fucking hate, you know, it, it probably made John more insufferable to the other guys. It was like, we used to like this guy. Now we fucking hate this guy. You know, it probably had know. more to do with that than it had to do with her. <laughs> I read somewhere that you were in a misfits cover band with yes. a female, female, all female band, right? When you were the only guy. Yeah. No, I wasn't the only guy, but, um, the leads people were, were the females. Yeah. No, Rosa was the singer and we did all misfits. Um, that's when I was in New York. Um, was this Danzig misfits only, I hope, or did you do any of that? Cave, Cave. Oh, no, hey, no, hey, no, 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 no. This is real Danzig misfits only. Okay. Cave, okay. Cave, what, what, what did, did, Cave, what did Joe Scott. do? Cave, what did Joe ever do to you to have you insult him like that? No, no, no. I, I, I got to get that out in the open in case the people listening oh, really? out in the viewership because, know because, the people. Let's because, call about the people. Oh, because Gabe is, you know, Gabe's an, he's, a, he's yeah. a rebel. He only listens to Danzig <laughs> misfits. Not like all these other people who like to listen to non-Danzig misfits. Gabe only does Danzig misfits. Let's start a misfits cover band and Gabe can be Danzig. <laughs> I was but, Danzig. Yes. But... We don't do any Danzig Misfits song. We make him stand there and watch us do non-Danzig Misfits. Non -Danzig. <laughs> I think we got something. Are you in, Joe? Yes, that's brilliant. Done. I think it's a great idea. What's your thoughts on uh, the only band, the only time I ever played um, Aragon? We had the misfortune of opening for Third Eye Blind. We opened for Silverchair at the Aragon. Oh, there you go. That's cooler. It's way cooler. There's a good story about the after show party at that Aragon show. <laughs> no, there's not. Oh, yes, so, there is. So you open you open for Third Eye Blind at the Aragon? We had yeah. the best and Third Eye Blind story that we had to cut out of one episode. So I hope this one will make it in. Go for it, Joe. Um, okay. The singer was a nice guy, but allegedly he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and all the years I spent going to the Aragon to watch shows and being like, this sound sucks right on stage. It sounds amazing. It's a great out up there, isn't it? It was it's so awesome. much fun playing. Yeah, it was incredible. I was just like, holy shit. It sounds so much better up here. Yeah. And that was the third eye blind. You uh, get to laugh at people in the audience. It's like, I know what sucks out there, but I'm having the time of my life up here. Yeah. I saw, um, who did I see? I think the one show aside from Soundgarden that I saw there was um, Stone Temple Pilots. Actually, it was like on their first tour. Yeah. For Core. Did you see Soundgarden when uh, Rock from the Crypt opened up for them at Aragon? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was Rock from the Crypt. Yeah, we went to that show. Do you remember Chris Cornell going off? Actually, Swerve Driver played with them too. No, that was at the Riv. It was Swerve Driver oh. and Monster Magnet and and Soundgarden. Oh, Monster and, Magnet, shit. And, and that was, I was like, that's the last time I ever go to a Soundgarden show because it was full of just gross, hairy, idiots, big neck, fucking wrestler dudes with their shirts off. And I got slimed by these motherfuckers all show. And I'm like, I'm never going to another Soundgarden show. 
They were high-fiving so, motherfuckers. Oh, it was the worst. It was so disgusting. <laughs> and and they were just gross. And then so we we went to that show at the Aragon. We saw Rocket. And then we, we left right after Rocket. Because I was like, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I just... I don't know. There's certain tunes from Soundgarden that I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're fucking great. They're great. They're great. Amazing. And I mean, what record would that have been? Um, It would have been maybe Super Unknown. Dude, why didn't we stick around, Gabe? Down on the Upside? No, it wasn't Down on the Upside. I barely remember the show at all. I don't even know. Down on the Upside is a great record. I think it's the most underrated record and, I agree. And one of their best records. I absolutely agree. I think it's a great, great fucking record. And they gave like Matt Cameron a chance to write some tunes. So he's got a couple of songs on there. And it's so cool. <clears throat> and the ending is great. What's the last song on that record? Uh, Boot Camp. Boot Camp is amazing. Great record. Abe, how come you don't remember these shows? You weren't drunk or anything. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, drunk. I, I don't know. I can't remember what time I woke up yesterday. You know what I mean? I, I forget things really easily. I'm going to be a bad old man. One yeah. Day. You don't sound like you're the proper audience for the French dispatch. <laughs> Joe, have you seen the French dispatch? No, I haven't. Do you like Wes Anderson movies? Yes. Why do you like Wes Anderson movies? Uh, they're, they're quirky. And they're smart, right? Yes. They're smart. Yes. So a smart person would like a smart movie. Like a Wes Anderson movie, right? Exactly. Yes. I have to say, I read an okay. article that, that really intelligent people tend to like really stupid movies. There you go. You know, my like, favorite movie is Zapped. <laughs> it never, never, never misses There's a an opportunity to tell us about Zap. Wait, what was the comedy that Kubrick was allegedly like a huge fan of? Yeah, this came up. Uh, he was like really into. It was, wasn't it Problem was, Child, right? That's a Scorsese <laughs> into that. Or, oh, um, and, oh, that's the best scene when De Niro was watching Problem Child in Cape Fear. But it was somebody that was on Warner Brothers, which is obviously where he was. Was it Albert Brooks? No, no, no. Because he see. did like he he liked Modern Romance. Uh, Great movie, but it was the, something way dumber. The jerk. Not dumb he and liked, dumber. The jerk, the jerk, right? It was the jerk. jerk. He was a huge fan of the jerk. That's what it was. I heard this guy on this podcast talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I think uh, I think we nailed it, Joe. Did we nail it? I think, yeah, I think we got a lot of good material. I'm already half popped, so we can still talk. What do you got? You need to get some B sides. It's got to be something good. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna cut out all the all the real stuff on this episode. So okay. when it goes when I go, uh, so what do you want to talk about? You're gonna we're gonna go straight to. Well, I want to talk about Silverchair. Do whatever we'll you just, need to do. We'll man. just go from there. Do whatever you need to do. All your history is gonna be stricken from the episode. We're just. I want to talk about the good something. Stuff. <laughs> I want to talk about something that we should have brought up before Joe got here, but this would have been like the post show. But Joe, you can hang out for this. I'd love to. Uh, Gabe, you created what could be nomin- nominally called a crossword puzzle uh, that you shared with the local age community. Yes. 
But I want to say my understanding of crosswords, somebody does four or five a week uh, is that usually crosswords have words that are crossed like, so that they're, you know, uh-huh. like yeah. with more, more than one letter that crosses each word so that you kind of like the French dispatch. Yeah. So, so you want a couple clues on the second word when you did the word. No, no. The, well, the point this, is that they're supposed to cross. Yeah. Well, listen, this was my attempt to get the Facebook people engaged. And I said, let's do a crossword puzzle and use local H hints from lyrics and songs. And well, the question is, was it your attempt at a crossword? Because if that, if that is what it was, you failed. No, no, I think Horribly, I, I, is what I was, Ben is saying. That was a success. That was that we had a lot of engagements. A lot of people were involved. I and did. I got a lot sound of people. like Trump right now. We had a lot of engagements. <laughs> it was a huge success. Listen, people want you. People, people are saying it was the best crossword. I don't know. People are don't talking. Do them. People are talking. But it, it was a freebie website I found where you can plug in the answers and the questions and they would put the thing together for you. And you, you, if you didn't like the way it looked, you hit next and it did it again. I look for a better one, but I think people like the concept. Yeah, they do like the concept, but I was inundated with people saying, what, what the fuck is going on with this crossword puzzle? It makes no sense. The clues are all one word and there's no crossover. There actually are hardly any crossed words. So it's almost impossible. It's just yeah, a but- stupid quiz. Yeah, but let me. That was the it's first just one. A trivia. It's just the, a trivia. Yes. Okay, but quiz. Scott, here's a clue. Clue number eight across is a a three word, a three letter word, and the clue is city. But one of the letters had something in the middle of it. Well, I'm just asking Scott Lucas of Local H a question right now. City. City. Three, three letters. Three letters. City. That's your clue. City. Three letters. Not knives. Oh, okay, and letters. I'll even I'll give you the I'll give you the second letter, which is the oh, C H I. Nope. The, the 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 one the one word that you could possibly get that would help you figure out the three letter city uh, is three down is a one two three, is a seven letter word and oh, the so clue they do is, intersect. There, yeah. There's one intersection per word, which is not how crosswords normally work. Okay, but. Um, the seven letter across the seven letter down that gives you the one clue you might have for this other thing. I'm asking you I'm ready. Seven, seven letters. And the clue is general Zod. What? H related H related. Yeah, I got this. Shannon. I got the three down. Right. Okay. So then, so then the middle letter of the three letter city is O. Oh, three letter city. Oh, I can't believe I'm talking about this. <laughs> Joe, you got a guess? With, a, with an O in the middle? Yeah, three-letter city with an O in the middle that's somehow local H related or local H lyrics related. I don't even know. Yes, Stump Scott Lucas. Yeah, it's I a, made it's, it tough. You got me. There's a thin line between tough and stupid. <laughs> C-O-N? C-O-K? No. It's it's tough. I, I did this in a half an hour. You want me to give you the answer, Scott? Because I, I knew I'd stump. <laughs> I stumped myself when I was trying to look at it and get the answer. Well, Later, Gabe, do it. What is it? It's it's God, God City. <laughs> Where the fuck is that? It's a cover. It's a okay. soul side Thank cover. You. I think. Okay, I'm glad a this conversation worked out. No, the, the band's no the band's soul side. Soul, soul side. 
Oh, I thought you said it yes, it was tough, but it, it was on the mix two CD, of course. And people who are really, really deep local no, age that, fans. That, that's a good. That's a good one, Gabe. That is really good. I got you. But here's the other but, one that was no, really- but 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 was it blank city? Because I would have gotten that. No, it just says no. city. It just says yes. city. I made it tough. Listen, I made it tough. Where's this stupid puzzle? Stupid is right. There was one that was really tough, and, and I don't know if I should give it up now, but the, the one question was, I think it was Simon Ross, right? That was the one everybody couldn't get right then. Who's Simon Ross? And what was the yeah. answer? I, I don't know. What was the answer to that? Uh, You're asking me. me what the answer was? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, you don't know it? No, I don't know. I didn't know half these fucking things. I know, but the, the, the answer was Considine from Patty Considine. And that's one of the, the characters that he played in one of the movies. What that movie? was really. Oh, okay. I don't what know movie? which movie. I looked. Dead Man's I, I, Shoes. I, I looked him up on Wikipedia. I looked up Patty Considine to see what movies he was in, and that was one of the characters of the movie. Dead Man's Shoes. I can look it up. I mean, I guess you'd you'd hate it. It's a really of course good movie. I would. It's a great movie. You'd hate it. Nobody got it, and like one person got it, and then a few people got it. Yeah, but it's really you tough. Got, you, you're gaping that mic again, aren't you? Listen, yeah, he sure is. But Gabe, but I, I think need, it's a, I, 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 yeah, a true crossword puzzle writer doesn't dig around on the internet for things that he doesn't actually know <laughs> himself. You don't even know. You don't know the fucking answers. You're right. I was looking up hard, hard clues and saying, okay, first of all, I didn't know who Patty Considine was. Who am I, how am I supposed to know? I thought it was somebody you knew. Google. I supposed to know that I played in a Misfits cover band in New York. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How the hell did you figure that out? Because right beforehand, yesterday, Scott said, we're we're going to get so-and-so. And And I'm like, hold on a second. I don't know the name. Is he the second guitarist from the replacements? No, I'm so-and-so. Just call me so-and-so from now. I I know, but Scott. You old so-and-so. What he said to me was, he said, said, Google him. You old Joe and I'm like, okay, I'll go Google Joe. (laughs) I'll Google him. And I found out that you played in a Misfits band, cover band, sometime between your creative uh, writing and your band playing, you know, creative writing. Just call what you do. Creative writing. Listen, you're it's garbage. <laughs> I do. I do garbage. Well, that's not what you said in your bio. Well, and my bio is bullshit because I'm trying to sell it to somebody. That's all right. Who doesn't want to buy it. <laughs> I try to sell shit to people who don't want to buy it. Ben, do you want to be part of the next crossword puzzle creation? Cause I'll, I'll, I'll add you to the, you know, process and we'll, we'll, we'll make a better one. All don't, right. Don't Ben. Don't, Oh, don't. No, it's don't a trap. It's a trap. Don't it's do a it. Trap. People liked it. And we're going to do another one. Ben didn't like it. No. Ben loves I, it. No, 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 no. I, I just, I got a lot of grief about it. And I'm like, first of all, I didn't do this. And second, of you all, got grief. Right. Who's <laughs> giving you grief? I got a lot what? of people hitting me up on my whatever's private messages. They were probably saying, hey, these are tough questions. Maybe Ben knows the answer and you didn't come through for him. It was more like, do you want to explain to Gabe what a crossword puzzle is? <laughs> That's why well, I'm asking. Listen, I could have done a word search. That would have been easier. But yeah, I thought- jumble. Jumble. We should have done. <laughs> you know what? Can you do I'm a, going to do, can you do a local do H Sudoku or whatever they call that shit? Sudoku? Sudoku. 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 I'm going to do a Gabe crossword. Yeah. And it is going to be good. I'm promising <laughs> great things. Gabe, send me this. Uh, send I'll send me you this. the link. I'll send yeah. you the link and you can put it together and post it and I'll probably get them all right. The first oh, it's time. going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be good. I can't wait. 
Oh, yeah, I, I yeah. You, you, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> listen, one of the clues you on listen. listen to this clue. It was the clue was Tom Skilling. Weatherman. Yes. See? And that was a tough one. That was a tough one. But people got it. Super easy. Yeah. If you're from Chicago. Right, I'm going to give you some of these one word clues. He had, a, he had one clue that was blues. Blues clues. Yeah, but you got to say how many letters? How many letters? Seven letters. Seven Baptist. letters. Okay. That was easy. 13 across was the clue was satisfactory. How many nine letters? Ten, nine or ten letters? Nine letters. Yes, I, I did look nine up a thesaurus. I looked up on a thesaurus. It said, okay, what's another word for this? And it was satisfactory. And I'm like, okay. Copacetic. Is that what it was? I don't know. I don't know either. I think that's too many letters. Is- C-O-P-A-C-E-T-I-C. Nine letters. Okay, that's it then. Yeah, there you go. That's that's pretty easy. That's you like, forgot? You uh, forgot I, the answers to your own fucking crossword? I did yes. I said I forgot. Yes, he did. I said I forgot. I couldn't remember Simon Ross. I thought another one was Halcyon. And that word, that clue was... Who the hell content? is Simon Ross? But here's... But, but at least... But I'm saying, at least it would have been fine. You know, you should have at least said a synonym, synonym of satisfactory or something like that. Here's one that I got. Here's 18 across. Yeah, uh, you're the, right. He's not very good at the clues. Right. Blues. The clue is the clue for 18 across is grouch. Gabe. What's the word though? How many letters? Cynic. 11. Oh, grouch. Oh, misanthrope. There you mm-hmm. go. See, you see how quickly it came. People who. People who are, wrote the song. Has yeah. it, ha, <laughs> people has who are fanatics. Has Wait, was anybody, that the answer? Misanthrope? Yeah. yeah. Has anybody figured out the entire thing? Yeah, I think yes. so. Oh, so it's not hard for anybody. It's just hard for Ben and Ben's coming at you. because No, no, I don't want to blow anyone's cover. I got like four separate things saying this is stupid. What the fuck? What could this possibly like to see proof of this? Into? I need to know who's who's talking. <laughs> right, to I will. Chair. I'll take some screenshots and I'll cross out the names and I'll. No, this. I need to out them. You got to out them. I need names. <laughs> you name names. Just because Jaybird, just because Jaybird has your number on speed dial, doesn't mean he's authority. <laughs> what are you an authority? <laughs> so, so that's it. That, that's what that's you wanted it. to talk about. Ben? That's what I wanted. That's what I. Who the hell are we going to put this? Is we're going to we're going to put it at the beginning of the episode, or is it going to be <laughs> at the end? Magical editing. Uh, it's up to you. Have it after we play big balls, or before we play big balls. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, this could be this could be our like uh, we haven't done a coda in a while, like a little a, 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 a callback, a comeback after the song. Not the Zeppelin coda. record. What'd you say? Not the Zeppelin record. No, it's <laughs> terrible. Did, what's your on. favorite? You don't your, like coda? I like a couple tunes. Wearing and Taryn. Wearing and Taryn is great. Ozone Baby is great. Ozone Baby is my favorite on the record. So good. No, that rules. Great, great record. They're all kind of like they're all good records. No, I know. I Walter's Walk. No, 
Oh, come no. on, say, somebody said say no. here. Listen no. to this. Listen you to this. You don't like Walter's walk. Gabe doesn't eat. Gabe's Gabe never hates heard Walter's, Walter's walk. I, He's never heard Walter's walk. I've never heard the album Coda in its, in its entirety in my life, but I don't have to because I don't have to. Yes, I'm going to say it's, something. Listen, listen. It's, he just doesn't listen, have room for listen. it in his collection. It's I'm Zeppelin. Listen to me now. It's and Zeppelin. Hear me later. So just tell me. Listen, I'm going to say something about a song off of Physical Graffiti, and you tell me where the hook is. Trampled, trampled underfoot. Where is the hook? That's it. It's over. Song's done. That's the hook. Yeah, but you know, I don't need to hear it a thousand times. Ain't talking about. There's no chorus. It's not a chorus type of thing. Yes, it's and terrible. It goes boom. Oh, it's so no, good. And the fact terrible. that you don't like it makes me love it all the more. You can like you, it all you like. Gabe, don't have a lot of taste, yes. do you? I'm just saying that song never got to me. And I don't get it today and I won't get it tomorrow. You don't like that record? You don't like physical? Graffiti? I didn't say I don't like the record. I said that song. It doesn't have a chorus, doesn't have a hook. Well, physical graffiti. You just, is that's the opus. hook. That that riff. It's, is it a riff? Is that what that's you call the it? Hook. That's the hook. That's the hook. That's not enough. That's the hook. It's not enough. No, that's it's not enough. enough. That's I, like an all time hook. Not, that it's so weird that you're complaining about that because that is like the hookiest hook of all hooks. I, I know. It's like, what are you talking about? Is there any person that knows the lyrics of that song? Who yes. cares? I don't know. You don't need any lyrics with that hook. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gabe. I'm just saying, I'm, I told you it's controversial. Get him. <laughs> I bad. say we let him go. <laughs> what do you think about that movie, Gabe? Mighty Mouse? No. Um, <laughs> Huey's Big Adventure. I'm I not a Pee Wee Herman fan. I'm not a Pee Wee Herman fan, but I most people it. are. I don't hate him. I just, I don't want to. You don't have room for him in your collection. <laughs> no, but you know, you know what I'm, a, I'm fan but, of right now? Gabe, Gabe, everybody I know has a big butt. I've never seen the movie, so I don't know. All right. That's, that's that was a great episode. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Were you going to say something, Gabe? I was going to say, have you guys been listening to James Van Osdahl's podcast lately because he's been getting he's been on fire lately he's been doing some good stuff what do you mean his his uh his carne con carne uh podcast is that what it is carne con carne yeah that's that's exactly what it's called carne oh. con carne he had one uh he carne, had the guys from double door on there and i've been listening to him a lot he's 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 been he's been on fire so what are you saying you listen to you have time for podcast, his podcast you don't not listen to our podcast own. right we're not uh-huh. on fire why don't you go fucking be on carne con carne? <laughs> and then you could talk shit about the French dispatch over there. No. Why don't you go talk about What's Tony, Tony, Tony dispatch? on carne, carne, carne. Gabe doesn't like the French dispatch. Gabe came at me knowing it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Talking no, shit I didn't. about the French dispatch. I don't remember oh, what talking. movie. I got to watch it. No, you yeah. won't get through it. It's you terrible. <laughs> yes, you will. I will Joe's smart. It? Why wouldn't I get through it? There's not a. There's because of, Gabe thinks if he can't get through it, nobody can get through it. <laughs> I, it's not for me. There's dialogue, there's set design, there's all kinds of shit that we don't need good, in movies. There's good cinematography, but there's no, oh, there's no story. Oh, no story. Ooh, listen to Gabe digging on the cinematography. Ooh, somebody's a Robert Eumann fan. Ooh. It was fun to look at, but if I turn the volume down, I'd get the same effect. You know what? You're fun to look at, and I'm turning the volume down on you right now. (laughs) 